Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Steph Curry is almost back. So are the Splash Brothers, as we know them, about to retake center stage. We're talking dub shortly. Plus, LeBron James, he sits down exclusively with ESPN. You may have heard snippets of this conversation and his thoughts on the scoring record, but this is the most extended version of this interview yet. And tonight, Donovan Mitchell, he returns to his old stomping grounds for the first time. So what type of show can we expect Spida to put on? We start right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, a back-to-back champion. L. Duncan's Georgia Dogs, they were crowned in college football yesterday. And a team that's looking to repeat as champions in the NBA. They may be on the cusp of getting their franchise superstar back. So for more on Steph Curry, let's bring in our Warriors reporter, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, I'm looking here, and Steph, he's missed the last 11 games for the Warriors. So what's his status tonight against the Suns? Well, Malika, I was actually told earlier this morning that Steph will be starting tonight against the Phoenix Suns. What his minute load looks like, if there's a restriction or not, is still to be decided, but he will start. The Warriors were hopeful that he'd return before this weekend. And on Friday, Steph said, I just need to get a couple more reps in after that first live contact five on five scrimmage he did that day. I just need to get a couple more reps to know if my body is really ready. Well, he did that on Monday. He was considered probable. And today on Tuesday, I'm told he will start tonight. Oh, interesting. Okay, so not just back, but he is starting. I mentioned it. Steph Curry's missed 11 games. The Warriors, they went six and five over those games. But how has Golden State been able to keep those championship aspirations afloat in his absence? Well, they really felt that they built momentum during his absence, as you said, their record, and they're also 5-2 and two during this homestand uh, so far without him. The Warriors have been super happy with Draymond Green's defense. Klay Thompson had those 54 points. They got that win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Younger players have been stepping up. The Warriors feel that their pieces are coming together, and now you're adding back Steph Curry. You just added back Andrew Wiggins. Andre Godala has finally played his first game of the season. The Warriors feel that they have the pieces. Steph said, our record is not indicative of how good we can be, what we can do. So now it's just about building on that. And Malika, their biggest task now is to take this on the road after tonight's game. They have a five-game East Coast road trip, and we all know that they've really struggled outside of Chase Center. Absolutely. Kendra, thank you so much. Steph Curry, she is reporting, is not only back tonight, but will be starting. And prior to Steph's injury, the Warriors, they had the best offense in the league. That was only when Steph was on the court. But when he was off the floor, they were last in the NBA. So when Steph went out, He said that this was really going to be an important stretch. This is what he said. He said it's going to be an important stretch for them to be able to maintain and finish the season strong. And I think it's fair to say that the Warriors have done just that. Not only did they keep things afloat, ladies and gentlemen, they went 6-5 in those 11 games. They actually got better on the offensive end, if that is even possible, improving by nearly 11 points per game, jumping from 10th all the way up to 7th. 
Let's talk about the Warriors. We're joined by Richard Jefferson, Jalen Rose, Shanae Gumake, Zach Lowe is going to be with us in just a little bit. Richard, what are you looking at, the Warriors in this stretch, how they were able to keep things going with the others, if you will? What? It's, the, the Warriors are such a weird team because it's like they shouldn't have any problems. They shouldn't be <laughs> one, two, and three, somewhere in that at yeah. home, bottom three on the road. They shouldn't be there. So to get here and see them kind of work through some things, to take away that safety net uh, uh, of Steph Curry, who he might go score 50, might score 40. You don't yeah. know. He's just going to try and propel your team to win. I'm glad that they were able to figure some some things out. Yes, it's an 11-game stretch. They were 6-5. and five. They still have a ton of talent. Andrew Wiggins missed some time over that. Mm -hmm. So it, this shouldn't be surprised that they played a little bit better than 500. I still think that the Golden State Warriors have a tremendous amount of work to do, even with step back, before we even consider them as the defending champion or a team that can be contending for a championship. Okay. You, you know what's really funny? Richard always says, hey, it doesn't hurt when you come back and you're playing at home one where you're virtually unbeatable and right. you're also playing against the Suns, who have been on the struggle bus. Mm. And then you go on the road, and you want to get that road win, and you're going into San Antonio. So Steph was probably like, this may not be a bad time for me to come <laughs> back to test out this shoulder. <laughs> but my answer here is it's really been impressive to see what Klay Thompson has been able to do to find that confidence. Over the last five games, he's averaged 33 points, I believe shooting 40% from three. His numbers have been absolutely absurd, five and a half rebounds. And, y'all, this is the part that I love the most. Only one turnover mm. in the stretches where he's playing more minutes and being more impactful. So now you reinsert Steph. Right. You have Jordan Poole, who's been averaging 28 since Steph has been out. Cannot ignore that. And now it seems like, okay, this team figured it out last year. All right, we have to be healthy enough to come to the playoffs and available, and then we have a chance. It seems like they're figuring out the situations that hurt them so far this year, and Steph is rested, which is always a dangerous scenario for the rest of the league. The Warriors should actually feel great about their situation, and I want to give a lot of props to Steve Kerr because he's continued to reinvent this roster whether Steph was in or out, whether Clay was struggling, whether Poole was in the starting lineup or not, getting minutes from Lamb now, getting minutes from Jerome now. DiVincenzo is playing quality minutes for them. Now, as you mentioned, when Wiggins comes back and Andre Iguodala is performing, now all of a sudden we have a deep Warriors team that has a championship pedigree. Right. Now they have to just get it together on the road. Exactly. That's something that they struggle with regardless whether Steph was in the lineup or not. Well, and I know, Janae, you mentioned against the San Antonio Spurs, they're playing in front of 70,000 people in <laughs> San Antonio. So it's wow. not exactly Can't just, wait to go. just your Can't wait to be there. Just your <laughs> average game. Let's bring Zach Lowe into this conversation Hello. because you mentioned all the others, Jalen, right? That's who's been stepping up. That's who's been performing, especially Klay Thompson in this stretch. So, Zach, how can players keep their momentum going? Going that they've gained with Curry out. Yeah, I'm with Jalen. I think the Warriors should feel great about life, provided hmm. they start to win on the road. Here's some perspective. They're starting five. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney still has the best plus minus by far of any of any five-man lineup in the NBA, despite Steph and Wiggins missing all these games. Now, in the absence of Curry, DiVincenzo has stepped up. Kaminga has cemented himself as part of the rotation. Poole is Poole. That's three guys off the bench right away that I know I can trust. There's an eight-man rotation. That's really all you need when the going gets tough in the playoffs. You throw in Andre's back. Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome have been giving him good minutes. They spent the first part of this season unable to survive right. when Steph was on the bench, trying to figure out what the rotation should be, who should play with who. I think they've figured a lot out now. It's time to start winning, and I think 
think they're going to start winning and turn into the team that we all thought was a threat to repeat as champions. I agree. I agree with this. And, I, and look, I'm I'm a There's warrior. a butt coming. I, no, 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 I was. You can feel there it, right? Three, <laughs> there's a butt coming. They're three and sixteen on the road. That is that is a a a, a Grand Canyon size gap between who they are at home. We have never seen anything like this. So for us to be like, oh well, they got Steph back. They were trash with Steph playing on the road. So now, again, they get a chance to quote-unquote restart their season. We can say they need to yep. start winning on the road. We are in January. The season started... We're halfway through, baby. Right, when literally the season start? today. Midway. October. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're in January, and right. they have three wins on the road. Right. And three of their 19, three wins, three and 16. Steph played in like 12 of those, 13 of those. So is that the answer to this question then, Jalen? If you're looking for something specific from the Warriors with Steph Curry returning, is it as simple as win on the road? Yes, but also I think what we're all describing is how this team has reimagined itself and they're going to be a lot better going forward. I, hope so. I think the, the depth that they've been able to build out and the confidence they're going to gain by having Steph back in the lineup. Because Steph was elite when he elite, was on the floor. Yeah. So yes. now you put him back in the lineup. <laughs> Clay was a little shaky earlier in the year. Nice mm-hmm. confidence is back. So to me, this is just a better overall team. That's why I wanted to make sure I give Steve Kerr a lot of credit. Well, yeah, it's all the puzzle pieces. Now can they fit together? Right. Because you have each of them starting to find their groove. All right, let's pivot to the team that the Warriors beat in last year's NBA Finals. The Celtics, they were in action last night against Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. I mean, if we're talking MVP candidates, Jason Tatum is definitely in that conversation. Things started out close here, Richard. They quickly would get off the rails, though, for Chicago. Well, it's just the balance that that Boston has, right? It's hard to key in on Jason Tatum. They haven't, like, we talk so much about roster construction. Well, Jason Tatum is able to play one-on-one basketball for the most part out there on that court, and you can't guard him one-on-one. That's also why when he started having games where his assist numbers started peaking up, that's when you become a real problem is when they can't double you because you're creating for your teammates. A little bit of a scary moment here for the Bulls, though. Watch DeMar DeRozan. He goes down in pain. Take another look here. He would leave the game with a right quadricep strain, and he did not return. So in the fourth quarter, we're going to take it ahead now. Now, the Bulls are down eight at this point. I think the problem for Chicago is, Richard, they get into these holes and then they expend energy digging themselves out and closing. And, and look, you want to give them compliment for, for, for grinding and playing. And even when we had an opportunity to talk to Coach Donovan, he's like, we are the worst crunch time team. And it's because we were down 15, down 16. We right. cut it to five. Now you're in crunch time. We don't have enough to finish it off. We've been banged up a lot of different things. And now you put a, too much pressure to go into Boston, try and get a big three there. They've just been struggling. They've been making mistakes like this late game because you have zero margin for error Mm. because you started off so slow. Particularly against Jason Tatum. He finished with 32 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. The Celtics, they get the win. So get this, guys. Jason Tatum, he scored 25 or more in 12 straight games. That's the third longest streak in Celtics history within a season and the longest since Larry Bird at 13 straight in 1988. Anytime you're in the same conversation as Larry Bird, that's that's a good one to be in. I see you, coach. I see you. Have a check. Still ahead, though, on NBA Today. Shall we go to the world's most famous arena where Giannis Antetokounmpo has been historically dominant? But we need to show you what Jalen Brunson did. A tight finish in that one. 
And we have a matchup for you guys tonight. Donovan Mitchell's much-anticipated return to Utah. What we can expect from the Cavs-Jazz showdown. And in just a little bit, you'll get to hear from LeBron James himself about what it would mean to pass Kareem. That exclusive sit-down coming your way shortly. Stay tuned. Get your popcorn. What? Get your popcorn. It's a movie. Get your popcorn. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Giannis Adetokounmpo, he's about 14. Adetokounmpo's got to take a shot. Step back jumper. Madison Square Garden is the mega basketball. It's always fun playing in there. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. NBA today. Let's get to Madison Square Garden because the two-time MVP has had plenty of memorable moments in the world's most famous arena, but we need to take a look at what he did last night. Giannis, there he is. We're going to pick this one up in the second quarter. Drives, kicks out this pass to Joe Ingles. I mean, my goodness, Jalen. Joe Ingles, 17 points. Good to see him out there being productive. When he gets going and they get Middleton back. Yes, indeed. You see Patty Connaughton hitting the corner three. He had 11 points, 11 boards. No Chris Middleton, though, in this one, as you mentioned. Third quarter, no. Drew Holiday bringing the ball up the floor. I mean, whoo, Giannis gets a hand on that one. MVP, rim protector, Giannis does it all. This is where things got interesting because the Bucks trailed big in this game and they clawed all the way back. Yeah, they, yeah, they were getting waxed and then the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they got back into Ooh, it. Lefty I, wanna, floater the right I see you, nephew. He's out there doing work. Jalen Brunson, a career high 44. Oh, that's natural for him. Well, and Drew Holiday early on, he couldn't get anything to go, but he was just the terminator down the stretch. Lopez, 17 points, knocked down a big three, but too much guard play for the Knicks. Quickly had 23, but again, Jalen Bronson, 44, career high. What did I say about Drew Holiday? That step back is one of of the more difficult shots that you can do. Under the screen, take two steps back. And he takes the toughest shots oftentimes for the Bucks. Jalen Brunson once again gets it to go. Two-point game at this at this point. Drew Holiday looking. Who so takes get it twice. dagger? Milwaukee comes back to win 111-107. So we're gonna go from one two-time MVP to the next because Nikola Jokic Ooh. played in his 564th game for the Nuggets last night. 
That's the same number of games as another nugget that you see on your screen there, Carmelo Anthony. But what we want to show you from Nikola Jokic oh, man. is the assist. I'm a believer. 16 mm-hmm. last night. He I had, mean, he had a perfect game. He was five for five. He dis. Now, now, mind you, Lakers shorthanded. I get it. I'm not going to do this, but that doesn't take away from the man's greatness. At Watch all. Watch these assists. Watch how these. Look at this, the numbers on the bottom left. We're this, just counting them out, making it easy for you. And, and make, make, make no mistake, this man is third in the league in assists. And I got this amazing stat that my guy Cesar popped up. Talk nerdy to me, Richard. In the last 10 seasons, six players who have led the league in assists were also top three in turnovers. Do you know where this man ranks in turnovers? Where? Low. Do you know? Come on, I want to hear some guesses. Where? I mean, that's uh, a lot of players. He's 16th. Oh, wow. He's 16th, so he's third in the sixth, 16th in turnovers, right? I played with a man, Jason Kidd, the greatest passer I've ever played with. He led the league in assists and turnovers. My point is, this man is ridiculously efficient. He's grabbing rebounds and throwing it to people. The that energy that pass. your this teammates play silly. with, when you know that you can get passes and buckets. Oh, that might have been a trap. Anyway, <laughs> might have been. Might have been. And, and this is what I want to show you guys, because because I, I know my guy uh, Jalen Rhodes is going to agree with me. Sometimes when you got John Stockton on your team, they just kind of throw him an extra assist. No, I'm going to show you an extra assist, and this is no disrespect to the John Stockton fans. I know he's great. He's the all-time leader. I'm just giving a joke. But watch this assist. Watch this. Watch this. He throws it up. One, two. Pull up. That's an assist for Yoki. That's the John Stockton assist, ladies and gentlemen, if I've ever seen one. Because he's so good at it, they just give it to him. But I want to give the Nuggets credit for building out their roster. Roster So that now they can spread the basketball around. You have cutters, slashers, shooters, dunkers. Well, and here's Jokic's entire stat line. He has his 87th career (laughs) triple-double, right? There's nothing new. This one was a little bit unique, though. He became the first player ever with a 10, 10, and 15 triple-double, shooting 100 percent from the field. He I didn't mean, have to shoot. And just, he's like not full throttle yet, which it, is why. It just seems silly. I do want to bring Zach Lowe into the discussion because for Zach, I mean, this is nothing new. I am curious though, Mr. Lowe, how realistic is it for it to Jokic, for Jokic to become just the fourth player ever to three-peat as MVP? Well, first of all, it sounds like Richard Jefferson has finally started sipping from the Joker oh. energy drink straight from Serbia. Chug it down. It'll help your passing. How That's realistic is it? It's a real thing. You can get this in Serbia. Joker energy is drink. Drink it. I don't know what this, what this the logo it's is. It's like an angry owl. Look, 20, 25 points, 10.8 rebounds. 9.7 assists, that's 0.3 assists from a triple-double. And when Russ averaged a triple-double, everyone jumped over backwards to give him the MVP. Mm-hmm. Denver Denver is plus 12 per 100 possessions with Jokic on the floor and minus 12 with Jokic on the bench. He's shooting 62% from the floor. That's not even like a real thing, barely. 66% on twos. He's probably the MVP favorite right now, neck and neck with Luka and Tatum. Embiid's coming. Giannis is coming. Durant just got hurt. I, I, a three-peat is sitting there for him, and the guy just keeps getting better every year, and Denver is in first in the West. I drink think- some drink. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little afraid, to be honest with you, to drink some of that drink. But, I, hey, I, I'd try it. Um, you drink worse. Well, <laughs> uh, I think that, though, where, where people sort of go, wait a second, 
and just to play devil's advocate here, is when you talk about someone who's won back-to-back-to-back MVPs, it's such an exclusive list, right? You're talking about the likes of a a Larry Bird, of a Bill Wright. Like, that's the type of player that you're talking about. And I think people would raise their hand and say, well, but has, has Jokic ever been considered the best player in the league? Because oftentimes that's how we think about the MVP, Rich. Well, my, my issue is this. It's like you want to look at, and again, every single year is different. Every single year you look at it as an individual thing, and I get it. And it's not a postseason war. Growing up, the MVP typically went to a player that was having an outstanding season on the top three team, top four team maybe. And part of the reason why when a player wins the MVP and they buy their teammates Rolexes, they buy their teammates gifts, it's because it is a team award. Mm-hmm. The most valuable player and a person that is leading their team to a high level and to a championship contending. The last two years, he was they were never contending. This was a statistical award. And it should I understand that because he was the best statistical season and he was doing things that we had never seen. My biggest issue now is that he's about to he, he should be the leading guy for 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 MVP because his team is great and mm. his numbers are outstanding. It just feels strange that we were giving it to him when he got the sixth seed, when he was the fifth seed. He made it out of the first round one time. And so this to me is really his true, true MVP season. The other twos, there's always you just look at them differently than what you would look at this MVP candidacy that he is on right now. Jalen? It's very realistic, Richard, and the reason why is he's going to average a triple-double, and as a center for the Denver Nuggets, who, as you mentioned, are going to be one of the top seeds in the conference, and we didn't mention Jamal Murray had 34 points. And so what they've done is built out a roster that now he can feed Brown, he can feed Porter, he can feed Gordon for dunks. And so now the game comes easier to their best player, and he can have games where he flirts with triple doubles without missing a shot. This is easy for him. Easy. This is easy work for the Joker, and it's incredible to watch him perform. Mm. Well, and, and look, Jalen, to, to the point is like when, when Zach brought it up, Zach was like, well, look, when he's on the court, when he's off the court. That's yeah. huge. Is that MVP like numbers that we look at? Because I just want to have some sort of a template that we can use because the template it started with Russell because Russell got that triple-double and yep. we knew his team wasn't going to be great, but we haven't seen it since Oscar Robertson. You go forward a couple of years, Giannis, his team was top one or two. Back-to-back MVPs, top one or two. Then Jokic comes in, team is six. Guys are hurt. You're like, well, look at his numbers. Next year, guys are still hurt and his numbers improved. They're like, well, they'd be nowhere without him. That's where roster construction comes in. So when I look at this year, I truly believe that he is the leading candidate for MVP. I just... I can't understand how we are doing the MVP award because Mm. I'm looking at the history and it feels like it consistently changes. This year, to me, is his best season. It's the best season that the Denver Nuggets are having, and this he should be the leading candidate for MVP. Zach, final word on this. Yeah, as, as the, the on-off stuff is interesting, and I always look at the on, right? To Richard's point, you don't want to reward a player whose roster is bad and so they sink when he's off the floor. Last year, the year before, the on-court, just like it is this year, plus 11, plus 8, plus 10, the on-court was elite. But to RJ's point, look, every year is different. I have no real set criteria for how I vote, and I think in the past two years, when he won it with Denver a little lower in the standings and his traditional part of that is because guys got hurt guys missed 20 30 games and if you look at the history of the MVP from that perspective guys just don't win unless they play 65 70 75 games Mm. so it was a strange couple of years but those years are over this year is now
Well, we got on to this, right, because just the monster stat line that Nikola Jokic had last night. But it's been a while since we've seen that. It's actually been over 25 years since a player oh, last dished oh, out 16 oh, times. Guess who the last oh, one was? 15 to see. You surpassed all uh, like that, Jay. Take a little bow. People sleep on the fact that I dropped dimes. Dropped dimes? Okay. Yeah. 1996. How old are you, Janae? I was foul. <laughs> I was 16. I was 16. Watching Jay Rose work. We're still proud of you, Jay Rose. All right, it's coming up next right here on NBA Today. LeBron sat down with our Dave McMenamin and talked about all things scoring record and more. Do not miss that. LeBron-versation. Uh, yeah, not do that. that's a gold bug special. <laughs> uh, from one former cab to a current cab, Donovan Mitchell, he returns to Utah tonight. So what should we expect from the fans? How many points will he score? I have a feeling he's going to go on a tear. Plus, tonight, right across the street from us at Crypto, Luka Doncic, he resumes his personal rivalry with the team that he torches. I mean, he is just insane against the Clippers. We talk about that coming up shortly. Yeah. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What scares you most about your future? Uh, you know, maybe not fulfilling a lot of other people's dreams. The phenomenon is taking over. I was had the poise to handle any circumstance. One of the great performances of all time. Adversity. What a tough defeat for LeBron. Not four, not five. Pressure. The Miami Heat have won the title. Oh, oh, my, my, my city. I love you. I'm back. Cleveland. This is for you. I think it was a God-given ability, but that only takes you so far. I've never cheated the process on wanting to be great in this game. This put me in a position to just try to be one of the best ever. There are very few records in the NBA that feel truly untouchable. And for years, it seemed like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record, it was one of those. And, and folks had a chance. Think about Kobe Bryant. Think about Carl Malone. And even when scoring is going crazy, though, People get hurt, right? Players miss time. But time and father time, it doesn't seem to be any obstacle for LeBron James. And as he inches closer to the all-time scoring crown, he sat down for an exclusive wide-ranging interview with our Dave McMenamin. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had six NBA MVPs, six championships, yet he'll still often sign sports memorabilia with the number 38,387. Among all your accomplishments, where will the scoring title rank? I don't know. I don't know because I, I, I 
I have not set out to do that. It wasn't like a goal of mine when I entered the league. Um, making an all-star team, um, being rookie of the year, um, being first team all-NBA, first team all-defense, um, winning a championship for sure, being an MB MVP of the league. Four of both of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the scoring record was never, ever even thought of in my head because I've always been a pass-first guy. I've always loved the excitement of my seeing the success of my teammates of playing the game, and that's just the way I was brought up. So to, to know where it will rank as I stay here today, like you said, less than 500 points away, I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to feel and I guess until that moment, but it's never been a, a goal of mine. You yourself have said you're not a scorer, but doesn't this have to tear a hole in that argument if you get the record or when you get the record? I think in the sense of, um, I mean, I know how to put the ball in the, in the hole, that's for sure. Um, and when I say I'm not a scorer, I, I say it in the sense of it's, it's never been um, the part of my game that defined me. Um, and I've always wanted to be a triple threat to be able to rebound, assist, and be able to score as well, to just keep the defense at bay, but also wanted to be able to defend at a high level, communicate at a high level, try to be a great, great teammate, you know, night in and night out. Um, but there's an argument to it. Uh, you know, when you when you look at, um, you know, how long this record has, has stood um, and, and the great cream of being able to accomplish something like that. So, but it won't be for me to discuss because um, I've never felt that way. So Kareem obviously had the signature skyhook. Uh, when fans picture LeBron James as an offensive threat, they close their eyes. What should they be picturing? I think the only signature thing that I, people always talk about is like my signature tomahawk dunk in transition. People always kind of uh, talk about, you know, that's a signature. Even my, my, one of my teammates now today, uh, Lonnie Walker, always talk about the, the LeBron signature tomahawk dunk. And, um, that's been pretty cool, and that came out of nowhere too. I happened to my, my brother Brandon Weems, who's now uh, you know in the front office with the Cavs. He got a steal versus Oak Hill my senior year, and threw it to me. And on national television, I was just I was just living in the moment and did that dunk, and this became a signature moment. The Acker Hammer, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so getting back to Kareem, you guys have so many links from mythical high school careers to social justice, consciousness, time with the Lakers, and now the scoring record. Where's your guys' relationship stand these days? Um, I think in the sense of just the correlation of, like you saying, being high school phenoms to you know doing the things that we did off the floor, you know, for the betterment of our people, to wearing a Lakers jersey and trying to carry on that legacy that Dr. Buss and so many great people set out for it. And then, um, you know, being a part of this conversation with the scoring record, that's, that's the... That's the relationship, that's the conversation that we will kind of always be linked. When you break the record, knock on wood somewhere, who will be meaningful for you to see in the arena that night? Uh, my family. Um, and I know it's going to be uh, challenging whenever that, that, that moment happens, um, you know, because of my kids' schedule, because they're, you know, the boys are playing basketball and they have their schedule, but they may have to miss a game or, or a game or two um, because I, they were there when the whole journey began and um, well, some of them they were there you know later on with the journey but they've always been a part of what it meant for me to be able to accomplish what I want to accomplish and that's my family that's my kids my wife 
my mother, um, and a lot of my uh, family and, and, and friends. Throughout your career, you've played with some peers that have been considered better quote-unquote scorers. Kobe, T-Mac, you know, KD, Melo maybe, but none of them can touch your longevity. How is it meaningful for you to be approaching this record while you're still playing above the rim, while you're still flying up and down the court, while you're still dominating games, to be this version of you when the record approaches? What does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot in the sense of me always preparing my body, always preparing my mind to be at my best. And um, to be able to go out and still be a, a focal point of my opponent's scouting reports um, lets me know I'm still playing at a high level and I want to continue to play at a high level. I want to continue to play at a championship level and still be respected every time I touch the floor as a threat throughout the whatever minutes I'm playing. If it's you know, 25 minutes, if it's 35 minutes, if it's 45 minutes, you know, every time I'm on the court, I'm, I'm, I'm always viewed as a threat. Um, you know, that, that, that means a lot to me in the sense of how I just prepare myself um, to go out and play. You've been a threat for two decades now. Uh, I want to do a quick hitter, just thinking back to some of your most memorable regular season buckets. When I say your time as a Cavalier, what stands out? Uh, my most memorable bucket uh, will probably be um, probably game two of the Orlando Magic Series. Um, we were up big in that game, and they came back once again and took the lead. And, you know, at the end, uh, I remember uh, the late, great uh, Craig Sager sitting on the, on, right there, like in the corner, ready to interview the Orlando Magics. Uh, either been Hidu, because uh, he had hit a big shot, or Rashard Lewis, or even Dwight, and uh, get the inbound pass, and, and, and was able to knock it down at the buzzer to tie the series. That's one of my most memorable shots as a kid. Incredible postseason shots. We know all the game leaders <laughs> and stuff, but like regular season, I think about the outlet from Kevin Love oh, in yeah. Washington. In Washington, that was that was incredible as well. Yeah, for sure. In Miami, right? So, what do you think about in Miami? Is it is it the lob from Dwayne Wade? Yeah, it's, it's probably the lob. Uh, I mean, the lobs <laughs> uh, from D Wade, but also um, you know the when I when the silencer hit hit nation hit the nation in the world. Uh, the, the shot before All Star Weekend in Golden State. Um, that was a, a very memorable shot, and also uh, Game Seven um, to be able to kind of seal the game against uh, San Antonio on the right elbow uh, versus uh, that great Spurs team. And, and now with the Lakers, you know, what, what are some of the shots that come to mind? I think about a historic shot in, in a way playing in, in the Orlando bubble uh, yeah. against the Clippers, getting the game winner. Yeah, you know, the NBA bringing sports back to yeah. society. What I are mean, the things that stand out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've hit so many memorable shots here as a, as a Laker, but that's one of them, Dave, you saying it just, you know, we the world was going through so much and uh, sport in general has always been a, an escape. It's always been a, a place for joy and comfort and laughs and you know, you're down some days and then your team play again and you're up the next day. So for us to be able to bring the game back to the bubble and um, yeah, hitting the game winner versus the Clippers, uh, that was big time. Also, you know, hitting those big time shots versus Denver and in the Western Conference Finals to be able to seal that series um, in that fourth quarter. That was, that was um, a very a memorable moment uh, for myself. How do you think you've evolved as a scorer? Um, uh, how I've, I've evolved, I think uh, the best teacher in life is experience. And I think over the course of my career, I've 
just gotten better with every facet of my game. There were times where I didn't really have a low post game. I wasn't a low post threat. There was times where I wasn't a, a threat from the mid-range. There was times where I wasn't a threat from the outside. Um, there were times where you could literally just try to bait me into doing things that I wasn't great at. Um, I've evolved into where um, I, I do what I want to do um, on the floor, you know, and uh, I take the shot that I want to take. Um, I'm able to use my ability to read coverages because I've seen them all um, for the betterment of not only myself, but for more importantly, for my teammates to succeed. Um, so I've learned a lot over the years. Some of these things come down to timing, right? And you've had so many great things uh, occur with the context of winning in your career. But some of these things, you scored your 30,000th point in a loss against San Antonio. You passed Kobe in a loss in Philadelphia. You passed Michael in a loss against Denver. You passed Carmelo in a loss against Washington. And, and this record is approaching while your team is below 500. Right, right. How's that sitting with you? I, I want to win. <laughs> it's not sitting well with me. I don't. I don't like having accomplishments, and they don't feel right uh, when it comes to losing effort. Um, and it don't matter if it's a regular season game or not. Um, I've been trained and born and uh, to win. That is that's how um, I started my basketball journey um, as a little leaguer, um, playing the game, and we were trained to win and, and, and play the right way, play for your teammates and play the right way. But we want to win, and so. You know, as we sit here right now as a, as, a, as a franchise and a team that's below 500, you know, we've been playing some good basketballs of late, but we want to, and I want to, win at the highest level, you know, and, um, you know, breaking records and, and setting, you know, records or passing greats and losing effort has never been a DNA of mine. Um, I think back to, like, last year when I was having a conversation with Mav and Rich and uh, PR and Randy, and it was towards the end of the season, and I had an opportunity to lead the league in scoring. And I was like, yeah, but we're not going to make the playoffs no matter what. And me being out on the floor, trying to go for a scoring record in games that don't matter, it, it felt so corny to me. So um, I was like, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to finish, I'm not going to be able to qualify because I'm not going to play any of these games. So. You know, that has never mattered to me unless it was about winning. So the next closest active player on the all-time scoring list is Kevin Durant, number 15. And he's no spring chicken either. He's 34 years old. Are there any players out there that you've seen that you feel like could have the right mix of talent, skill, drive, determination, luck to be able to someday pass this record for you? Um, I mean, KD comes up the first thing that comes to mind for sure. Um, he... It, his, his name is not Easy Money and, 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 and Slim Reaper for, for no reason. Um, he, he does it so effortlessly. His ability to shoot the three ball, shoot the mid range, get to the paint, but also shoot 85, 90 from the free throw line. Um, those are key ingredients, and, but the most important is about being available on the floor. Um, we have a lot of great scorers in our league, you know, with KD being one of them, Kyrie, Luka, he's young, Embiid, Giannis, those guys, they, they put numbers on the board. But you have to have a little luck as well, you know, and uh, we, we all know that health is uh, the most important, not only in life, uh, well, not only in sports, but in life in general. You have to have uh, some real good luck to be able to be on the floor and, and still be able to do it.
So once you have the scoring title to your name, what's left for you? What do you need to do in your career before you can hang it up? Um, I need to be on the floor with my boys. Um, I gotta be on the floor with Bronny. You know, either on the same uniform or, uh, you know, a matchup uh, uh, against him. And I don't mean like, he's a he's a point guard. I'm a, at this point, and now I'm playing center <laughs> yeah. or whatever the, the, the team needs for me. Uh, positionless yeah, basketball. Positionless basketball. On. Coach Small always said <laughs> positionless basketball, which I love. Um, but I, I would love to um, do the whole uh, King Griffey Senior Junior thing. You know, that's that's, that's that would be ideal for sure. Being being with him, spending a full year with him in the same uniform, um, that would be that would be the icing on the cake. And just what do you tell him about the potential of, of that opportunity? How do you guys discuss that? We don't. We don't discuss. We don't discuss. Um, but he hears. He sees it. He, he hears what I say. Um, he has aspirations. I actually. What is his aspirations? And he says he wants to play in the NBA. So if he wants to do it. He got to put in the work. And that's, I'm here already. So I'm just waiting on him. They'll have about 40,000 points to catch up to get to dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got a long way to get to me. <laughs> so at his current pace of 29 points per game, LeBron needs just 15 more games to pass Kareem for the all-time scoring record. And if he plays in all games, that would fall on February 9th at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. So to come on NBA Today, we're going to preview what to expect when Donovan Mitchell returns to his old stomping grounds tonight. Don't go anywhere. That's coming up next. NBA today. A couple of really good games on the slate tonight, including Donovan Mitchell returning to Utah for the first time. And for more on that, we are joined by a reporter, Michelle Steele, who is at Vivint Arena. So, Michelle, there's only actually two players that are on the Jazz roster that shared the floor with Donovan when he was there. I'm looking at Jordan Clarkson and Mike Connolly Jr. And I understand you mm. spoke with Mike Connolly at Shootaround today. What did you learn? Yeah, we were able to spend some time with Mike Conley, who is a very close friend of Donovan Mitchell. Remember, they played together from 2019 until Mitchell was traded just last fall. And the takeaway from what he said was basically, you know what? He's keeping tabs on Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell is definitely keeping tabs on this Utah Jazz team. In mm. fact, he joked about it earlier in the season when the Jazz were off to their 10-3, and that hot start. He joked about it to Conley saying, oh yeah, I was the problem all along. Now, clearly, that was not the case, but Conley said that he's been so impressed with what he has seen from Donovan Mitchell since he went uh, to Cleveland, saying that whether it is the game slowing down for him or his mindset, he is really turning into that leader, Malika. Mm, absolutely, and you can see it on this Cavs team. I said two, the only two players, two of the players, but this Jazz team, it has changed a whole lot since Donovan Mitchell was there, but I think the question that is in a lot of fans' minds right now is what is the reception going to be when Donovan Mitchell takes the court for the first time. 
Absolutely. You know what, Malika, this is going to be an emotional one, right? Uh, Donovan Mitchell spent the first five years of his career here, five very formative years. And Mm. I can tell you this team is absolutely determined to give him a positive and warm reception. I am told there will be a video tribute that is played before the game on the electronic boards as well outside the opposing team's locker room. There will be signs that say, welcome back, Donovan Mitchell. And you know, as one of his teammates said, fans should remember everything that he did for this uh, city, this community, and this state, saying that he changed lives here. And Mm. we'll hear more um, from the owner of the Jazz, actually. I'm going to be talking to him in the 6 o'clock hour of SportsCenter, and he'll weigh in on this homecoming of sorts for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. You have to remember all of the things that Donovan Mitchell did for the city and for this franchise. Michelle Steele, thank you so much. We will catch you later on the 6 o'clock Sports Center. But I mentioned it at the top of this block. We have a whole lot of good games coming up right here on NBA Today, including Luka Doncic versus the Clippers. And when I say he has been historic against this franchise, I truly mean it. How many points is he going to drop tonight on LA? That's coming up next. the double. Finney Smith, Bullock, he's driving it and looks for Finney Smith. It's a loose ball and Luka picks it up. Some Luka magic. Ain't nobody in this game who's got a knack for doing stuff like that than the Slovenian El Nino Maravilla. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I mean, Luka loves playing against the Clippers. He's averaged 32.6 points per game against them in his career. Only Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan have averaged more against a single opponent, which is just wild. All right, Jalen, I'm going to start with you here. Clippers play Luka tonight. Under over. It said at 32 and a half points. I say he goes over. Luka has become the most unstoppable perimeter weapon in the NBA. Hmm. It doesn't matter if a, guard, a guard's playing against him or a front court performer. Queen Co-sign. I haven't said this in a while. Co-sign, retweet. Uh, he goes over. <laughs> I'm going to make a little bit, just a little statement. Look, if anybody's playing against the Clippers, you should take the over. Wow. Rude. (laughs) Everyone's taking the over. I'm taking the over as well. NBA Day will be back in 60 seconds. Everyone's taking the over, and I'm rude. Well, you're just rude. (laughs) How am I rude? I said everything that everybody else. Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, reports from Baltimore and Miami on the status of Lamar and Tua ahead of Wild Card Weekend. Plus, with a historic collegiate career coming to an end, what is Stetson Bennett's potential in the NFL? And two highly expected returns in the NBA. We are live with Golden State for Steph Curry and Utah for Donovan Mitchell. Sports Center, 6 Eastern on ESPN. All right, before we go, Cheney has some sweet nothings to end yeah. that show with. Okay, so we are workshopping a new segment, not just cheat sheet, but talk nerdy to me. You get it. Oh, okay. Donovan talk Mitchell slow. returns to Utah and get this right here. He's shooting so far from points per game, five percentage points per game, better in every category. Richard, Malika, look. Mm. Five look. here, five here, and five in total points per game. And he played, he played five seasons at Utah. So I was like, oh wow, this is a this is gonna be a high five matchup. But, okay. this includes, but that but this includes his rookie year. When he should we should have had his year. numbers once he became an all-star. Yeah. Three all-star seasons at Utah. Utah. Boom. Give this man all the love. Yes. I have never heard Donovan exactly. Mitchell say a negative thing. He has represented your place. And as a former Utah Jazz, I love people that represent the communities that they're in. And you played y'all in like was every trying city. to tank when y'all traded Rudy and Lori Markkinen is actually That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. NFL Live is coming up next. Or Lofty, and we- my guy! 
right tomorrow. Soup. We're soup twins. Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, reports from Baltimore and Miami on the status of Lamar and Tua ahead of Wild Card Weekend. Plus, with a historic collegiate career coming to an end, what is Stetson Bennett's potential in the NFL? And two highly expected returns in the NBA. We are live with Golden State for Steph Curry and Utah for Donovan Mitchell. Sports Center, 6 Eastern on ESPN. All right, before we go, Chanae has some sweet nothings to we end that show with. Okay, so we are workshopping a new segment, not just cheat sheet, but talk nerdy to me. You get oh, Okay, Donovan talk Mitchell slow. returns to Utah, and get this right here. He's shooting so far from points per game, five percentage points per game, better in every category. Richard, Malika, look, mm. five look. here, five here, and five in total points per game, and he played, he played five seasons at Utah. So I was like, oh, wow, this is a this is going to be a high-five matchup. But, okay. this includes, but, that, but this includes his rookie year. When he we should have had his year. numbers once he became an all-star. Yeah. Three all-star seasons at Utah. Utah. Boom. Give this man all the love. Yes. I have never heard Donovan Mitchell say a negative thing. He has represented your place. And as a former Utah Jazz, I love people that represent the communities that they're in. You and played in like every city. And trying to tank when y'all traded Rudy and Lori Markkinen is actually That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. NFL Live is coming up next. Or Lofty, and we my guy. Tomorrow. Soup. We're Sue Twins.